the Water Park Podcast. I'm Liam and I'm your co-host Ryan. Oops, sorry, I'm Liam <laughs> and I'm with my co-host Ryan. Today's guest is uh, Chris Mulhall. I'm a lecturer in SETU, formerly WIT. SETU, yes. um, just uh, very quickly, is that how you're supposed to pronounce it? Uh, yeah, uh, it's. I don't think it's to be pronounced as SETU. So the SETU is yeah. Southeast Technological University. There's a lot of people getting to grips with that uh, yeah. acronym. A lot of people. <laughs> so a lot of people. SETU, so, yeah, yeah, I think it's SETU is preferable, but sure, people yeah. will, will choose as they do with it. <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, well, we know basically nothing. So why don't you educate us and everyone listening? Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, I'm a lecturer in French and Italian in SETU. Uh, I've been lecturing there since 2001. Uh, mainly in French and sometimes they do Italian. Um, I moved to Waterford about 26 years ago. So I'm originally from Kildare and uh, I decided that there was a course in Waterford that I wanted to do. It was a BA in Applied Languages. It only became available in the year that I um, and, uh, applied for the CAO. So I moved here. Then I studied French and Italian and Spanish as a minor. And then I uh, was going to leave Waterford, actually. I'd applied for three masters in different places around the country. Um, so I did my master's degree in 2001. And at that time, I got offered part-time lecturing hours, actually, in WIT. So I started as a lecturer at 23 years of age. Um, and then I went on and did a PhD, which is a doctorate uh, in UCD. And I studied um, the treatment of phrases in Italian dictionaries. So I did a PhD for, for that. Uh, I work a little bit in the media, so I do radio interviews on language topics. Um, yeah. I've worked in the EU research projects. Wow. Uh, lots of different things, guys. Um, loads of stuff, whatever you want to ask, go ahead. You know. Yeah, uh, I mean, it sounds like you have an absolute love for language. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any reason lecturing specifically? Uh, not not particularly. Um, when I was in school, for example, I was very, very heavily involved in sports um, to the point of distraction um, <laughs> yeah. that probably took away a good chunk of my potential leaving cert points. And when I finished my leaving cert in 1996, um, the one subject that I really did enjoy was French. Um, yeah. I liked communicating. I'm from a big family. We always talked. But I think what was an important factor in that was I had a sister who had studied languages in college who had just the one, my, my, my next uh, sister in age. Mm -hmm. And I think she became a bit of a role model for me. Um, but I was always interested in, in, in uh, dare I say, other countries to like sports. I loved the Olympics and yeah. watching football and stuff yeah. like that. So I picked up an interest in, in, particularly in Italian. So when I was in school, I studied Italian and French in school. And my PhD is in Italian, but I lecture French, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've always kept the two of them connected in different spaces. Um, so, yeah, um, I mean... I, I think I just love communication. Yeah. I could be here in an hour's time still yeah. talking, guys. You know, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same as uh, the last interview that we did. It's You're very lucky that you're doing something that you really enjoy. Yeah, I yeah. just honestly, I really feel like I don't work. I just absolutely love doing what I do. But I think it's just more than loving French and Italian. I love speaking to young people. I love helping young people. I love being able to educate people, tell them something that I know that they might not know, or maybe I'm, more often they'll tell me something that they know that I don't know, which I find even more interesting yeah. because yeah. in reality, no teacher is ever the finished article mm. at any speech. You have, like every subject changes, you know, in some way. So you always have to be up to date with it. And I think being around young people sort of always keeps you young. I love, I, I absolutely <laughs> love my job. Yeah. And even, yeah. even in the summer, like for example, we, myself and my wife and two young kids, 
we go to France for the summer and I go there with the intention of speaking language to the point that I will develop to the point that I'll be better lecturer when I come back in September, you know. So, wow, yeah. yeah. And I'm assuming that is in part uh, while you're here to talk to, what, what, fifth years? Yeah, fifth years today. We yeah. were, I've, I've been in with, I've, I first came to Waterpark actually, I was invited in by Mr. Um, O'Reilly in 2016. It was a sort of a chance meeting. I think we had it an open evening or he met a colleague of mine and mentioned a name and I've been coming into Waterpark sort of, obviously not during the pandemic, but uh, we've been, I've been in touch with the school for about six years mm. and um, well. various people, I know various teachers here and we've had some students from Waterpark over the years that sort of would have known of them, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, through the years. So yeah, I've been coming in, I've done French seminars here, done a parents evening in one, uh, done open day, not oh, an open yeah. day, an open, there was an open careers day, I think back in May 18. Then obviously the pandemic came back to yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, everything to a there, but everything, yeah. everything of course, stuff. yeah, of course. So, what were you talking about today then? So today, um, myself and my colleague Aaron McNamara Cullen, who's the course leader of the arts degree in WIT, we're just talking about the option of arts as a study for students and doing a, a bachelor of arts degree. Um, they weren't especially popular in recent years because the, the the issue with arts is sometimes they can't exactly be pinned to a career. If you know what yeah, I mean, so people yeah. say, I don't know what job I get. But the reality is there's no exact job out of arts. There's, yeah. There are multiple jobs out of arts. So we were just talking to students about that a little bit. And I was talking about languages, uh, the value of studying a language and why it's becoming particularly important. You know, this year in the CAO, uh, I think languages are the sort of, um, they're, they're not necessarily a course type, but maybe the area of study um, that is in the third highest in demand um, mm. nationally, which is probably off the back of a couple of factors, guys, I would say, like factors such as Brexit, obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, I would say also that the government, uh, Irish government launched a national languages strategy right. in 2017 yeah. that's going to run from 17 to 2026. You're seeing the integration of languages in primary schools now, curriculum in primary yeah. schools, and also you're seeing companies that are just dealing more internationally. Yeah. You know? yeah, so so you I think there's there's a, a number of factors, not one single factor ever changed mm. something, it's a number of factors, you know, and I think that's it. So language is becoming more and more important to Def know more than more language yeah, yeah. in our, today's ah, society. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, because I think there is a clear understanding in Irish society that we're no longer reliant on English speaking countries as our main trading yeah. partners. Yeah. We've also, with the opening on, of, of sort of the EU more so and the accession of other countries, maybe from 2004, we've seen an influx of people with, with different languages into this country. And I think there's more of an awareness that it's very, very hard, I suppose, in the modern day to not interact with another language, even if you're not going on holidays, you're just someone around the yeah. road that will speak not necessarily French or German or the traditional ones you'll find in school. Yeah. But there is a need to understand the way people communicate differently. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, especially around our age, people only take another language for jobs or points. Yeah, yeah. that's the reality. Yeah. I mean, uh, the way I look at it is, is that uh, when uh, at second level, a language is mostly taken for the performance reason, which means I need to have a language, for example, to get into an NUI, or I need one because I need to get a C or a B, and I think I will get it in that. But like, and I've given this talk, I suppose, maybe uh, multiple times in schools, is that uh, it's it's a classroom experience at second level language, where yeah. at third level, it's a, it's a lived experience. So we would yeah. expect people for example, to be part of speaking groups at third level, like maybe a French group or maybe international students speaking language, you, you definitely have to spend some time abroad, you know, uh, yeah. to, Im to improve. But also you have to then probably have an interest and then ultimately fall in love with the subject. And I yeah. think that's what that's what happened mm. to me, I would say. So to really get involved in language, you have to like engage in that language, yeah. speaking and speak. Would you recommend people starting earlier or do you think it's 
okay to start in third level to do that level of speaking? A bit, that's a very good question. Um, it's a bit of both. For example, so I speak in other languages to my kids all the time, and I have done, now they're nine and 11 now, but I've been doing that since they've been three and five, two and four, whatever it was. But that doesn't mean, for example, that someone who has never studied the language couldn't go to a university, for example, and do beginners Spanish, beginners yeah. French, if the course is available, obviously, yeah. and take it on. Because like, sometimes you have to get older to appreciate what an experience is. So, for example, if I was 13, I look back at myself as a 13-year-old, which is exactly 30 years ago. Yeah. And I'd be thinking, I had no appreciation of another language. So yeah. it's unfair to yeah. ask a 13-year-old, do you understand the value of a language when they're getting to grips with so many other things, not less than starting secondary school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, no, I mean, I, for example, I've started uh, this year, I went back to take an Irish module. Yeah. Uh, so I'm studying Irish again myself. Um, and I come at it from a 43-year-old's point of view now where I've been teaching for 23 or 4, whatever years it is now, 22 years. Plus also I'm looking at it from the perspective that I now need to feel what it's like to be a student. And I also know how it is to learn a language in another space. So I'm taking, now I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without that experience. So I would encourage anyone who's listening, you know, at any point, I suppose to this, that you can certainly take up anything at any end. It's a little, sometimes a little bit more difficult because what I mentioned to the fifth years this morning was, is that when you go to third level, it's all organized for you. So you have all your tutors, your lecturers, you have all your modules, your timetable, you have an organized year away experience, you have your classrooms. But I met someone last week, I speak Italian, so I met someone last week and they said, oh, I'd love to speak Italian. And I didn't know what, it might be 50 or more. And I said, and they said, well, do you think I could do it? And I was like, well, you can, but it's going to be an awful lot more difficult because you have a job, you have a family, yeah. you might have other interests or pursuits. Mm-hmm. Something might happen in your life where you might say, well, I don't have time. So the reality is it's probably easier to do when you're a little bit younger. Yeah, but yeah. that doesn't mean it's impossible to do when you're older, right, yeah. if that's a fair way. And right now, you know, you'll know when you're busy, you'll know when you're free. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the the reality, and I, I read a lot of performance books actually and how to improve and all that, but the reality is doing fifteen minutes a day is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's 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 there's there's a very interesting book. It's called Atomic Habits and I go back to it all the time but when I try to reinforce or develop a new habit, is that if you do something for fifteen minutes a day, I think roughly off the top of my head, I could be wrong, it equates to ninety hours a year or something like that. But like in terms of like, I mean, that might be including Christmas Day and all these yeah, sorts of yeah, things, yeah, you know, yeah. but you get the idea roughly. But like, if you can do that, I mean, the it's not actually what you're doing, it's the habit of doing it. And mm-hmm. then, like, I mean, for example, we speak every day, we're speaking now. Yeah. Why couldn't that happen in other languages? Just that we just haven't got to that point, but that doesn't mean it's impossible, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a big reason for Irish fading. Yeah, yeah, it is, because we, uh, uh, exactly, that's a, probably exactly the reason is that you can't walk onto the street in Ireland and hear Irish spoken. You probably more than likely hear another language spoken. I would yeah, say so. There's a definitely. big. There's a, that's. I mean, I I can see why it's frustrating from a second level student's point of view because, like, you have no real example of the languages that you studied being walking out on the street. So I I hear that. I remember hearing that in class. The only reality you will get will be that you'll go to the country maybe during the summer if you go on holidays or whatever with friends, parents, whatever it is now, and you'd say, oh yeah, I heard that word, or but that's that's a bit of a pity because yeah. we're, we're not by we're not truly bilingual really yeah. we are but we're not in a way you know what i yeah. mean yeah uh, like liam you're very lucky liam is i am spanish. I'm fluent in spanish and english very good and so that's well, an interesting story yeah i would like well i speak spanish at home and well i go to spain a lot and we'll speak more spanish there yes yeah um, so you you've inqu- you see yourself in the identity of someone who speaks two languages i can speak two languages yeah yeah we're now have no trouble yeah maybe like switching between them i find that harder if i'm trying to switch like if i'm speaking english and then hear a spanish word when i'm expecting to hear english I'm, i get confused sure but 
That's very interesting, yeah, because we very rarely meet, you know, being in a language space, you sometimes don't meet students like yourself too often, but it's, and I mentioned this this morning, actually, which is quite important, I think, is that as I was going through second level and in third level, I always looked for a role model, which was someone who had the skills or acted like I wanted to be like. Yeah. And I think in your age group peers, it's very hard to see bilingual, other bilingual, you may, you know, other people. But I think the more we see that in schools, the more languages will become an accept, bilingualism will yeah. become accepted. Yeah. Because if you if your friends speak two languages and you want to be like your friends, well, you're going to try yeah, and speak two languages, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a natural outcome, you know. It's like sports. I mean, I think it's the same idea, you know, where you're in groups and you want to perform. Like, I mean, it's a different space because people see languages as an academic, oh, I have to study it in school. But in reality, language is a life skill I mean the academic yeah. is only a time phase yeah, yeah. Uh, if you are like have one of those people who have the opportunity to speak it outside of school oh yeah languages. like it's it's, yeah. it's yeah. very lucky it's just part yeah. of your life very it's, lucky. Not, it's not exactly it's not it's not something you have to study it's yeah it's something that comes to you naturally yeah so you don't see it as a subject I don't see it as a subject like um my mom would try to teach me like Spanish grammar and mm. like try to read and write Spanish but I find that really really easy mm. and like I almost feel like there's no use for it. Yeah, it comes yeah. naturally. It's yeah, but like, that's a, it's a mindset that's developed over yeah. the years. You know what I mean? So the, it's like the question you've asked me, is it earlier to start younger? But the younger you start, the quicker it is to, to make the mindset yeah. adapt. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I play a little trick on my kids when I go to France, <laughs> if I can say it. So we go to France for a long time during the summer and I'd, I would always go, there's generally a shop close by where I reckon they'll go down and get some bread or sweets or something, you know. So I usually go down to the shop the night before, before they go in the morning, let's say after we arrive and I go to the person and say, look, these two kids are going to come down in the morning. She'll be like, do not speak to them in English <laughs> because you have to understand that when yeah. you're in another country, there is a mindset that you yeah. would be expected to speak. So if they just walk down and yeah. speak English, so, well, I can do that in any country I want. But there's an yeah. element of cultural yeah. respect, I think, as well, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Do you find that uh, these lectures help you know, persuade people? As in the ones we give in... in, in like here, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a really interesting question. So I think um, in any group thinking, you may have the capacity to change less than 10%. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You will never go into a whole classroom who didn't like languages and say, oh, we're all going to go and study language. That, that'll never happen. But we're only... Uh, I always look at it like this, I suppose, if I could put it like, oh, not, not in quite mathematical terms, but like you're in secondary school for six years. Yeah. Uh, so when a lot of the time when colleges and universities start interacting with students is towards the latter point of that, there's a certain fossil, fossilization of your thinking. So you'll have said, oh, I don't like languages, I do like languages, or you might meet someone who does like languages and they'll light up when you come yeah. in, you know, something like that. But like in third level, you largely get someone for four years, maybe three years on a degree or as they go mm -hmm. abroad. So do we change people? The reality is I would always look at sessions like today and anytime I've done them in any schools here or in other schools in Waterford, which I've done, is that you just try and sow seed. You might yeah. say, oh, that could be me. You know, I mean, I, I or, or you might like someone like maybe you could see, oh, I like the way they were speaking today or I, I think that that sounds interesting. It's it's very, very hard to tell. Mm. It's a great question. It, I suppose it's like the question that every third level institute would know is like how our, our, our subject, how do you get someone to like a subject? They probably like yeah. it before they see you. But if you yeah. could say something, and I was probably getting that this morning a little bit, where I was trying to see, look at the type of person. So for example, in the last slide I spoke about to one of the fifth year groups, I was like, I think a language student would be like this. So I put down the words of like, they wanted continual growth. They would have a mindset that's open to change. They would be a problem solver. 
um, they'd be a strong communicator and they'd be curious. Yeah. So if someone's looking up at that and thinking, well, none of that is me, yeah. that doesn't yeah. say that you, it can't be them, but yeah. it, it, they're probably saying, well, well, languages aren't for me. Yeah. But that, that doesn't mean, I mean, I think there's, and what was mentioned as well this morning is that at 17 or 18, you're, although the sort of CAO almost still lends itself, you're not yeah. the finished article. Like, I mean, you're nowhere near the finished yeah, exactly. yeah. Like, no one's ever the finished article anyway, but you're thinking, how can you make a decision? So our, our thoughts this morning was, you can include language at any point and maybe drop it if you don't like it in the course, because a lot of courses yeah. are flexible. Mm. But if you discount it at this stage, you're discounted it effectively for the rest of your life. So yeah. I was just trying to leave the door a little bit open this morning, maybe. Yeah, just even so just like, just encourage, everything. take it. If you don't like it in the end, well, yeah. you don't have to do it. Exactly. I mean, even in a, in a first semester, we would have a first years. We would always, so I would do the sort of maybe to talk on French, for example. I would say, well, look, only 3,000 people in this country every year do French for leave and start, give or take, around yeah. 23,000. So, like, to say that 23,000 people, like, so, for example, at third level, guys, about 3.5% of the overall population of third level at any one time are studying a language. So in Ireland, there's a quarter of a million people in Ireland in third level, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, they're PhD students, might be doing language master students, and some places in where there's no language. And so, in reality, it's probably not a quarter of a million that's eligible to take a language, probably a lot yeah. less. Yeah. But, so, you're looking at um, a, a really low minority of people who are studying a language. So, if you have 23,000 people who are doing French, why would you let 23,000 uh, people who have put six years by pro- probably four hours a week, maybe? Would that be right? Three or four hours yeah, a week? Yeah. So it's like a resource. And the analogy I've given in classrooms and in talks is that, you know, if you were learning to drive a car for four hours a week, every week for six, well, 33 weeks or whatever it is, six for six years, and then you decided, no, I'm not going to get a car. Yeah, it'd, be, yeah, it'd be a bit waste, strange. Yeah, it's yeah, waste. Waste. So like yeah. in reality, I, I, and I, th- I would say, I said this to my wife actually yesterday, I said there's probably about a quarter of a million people in Ireland in the last 10 years, if you look at who's graduate, who can who, are, who have a capacity to speak French that don't speak French at all, which is yeah. a remarkable mm, resource yeah. that the country has that it just doesn't use. Mm. So that, I'm just giving the example of French, obviously. Like, I mean, we have the same capacity in Irish, Spanish, German, Italian, and all the minority languages, which are or which yeah. are very welcome to be seen on the Leaving Cert curriculum as well. So I don't think Irish people have a skill deficit in language. I don't think we're any worse than anyone else. People say, oh, you know, European, Central Europeans speak better than language. No, they don't. We're, we're humans are humans. You know, yeah. the, the brain hasn't evolved that much. You know, we are still the same type of human that we were 10,000 years yeah, ago. Yeah. It's just their exposure, yeah. like your own in yeah. Spanish, has just been different than ours. So I think that's going to be a slow burner in Ireland. You know, when you see it written in front of you on a state exam or whatever, you, you stop seeing it as a as a language that's something you can use that's more of a subject yeah, you know? yeah exactly or that's more exactly like it. a pro or like a, something you need to like overcome exactly it's an obstacle and that's exactly the word because I mean it, there, there is a feeling of it being an obstacle because it, it, it it's like it, you need permission from it for certain things as I said the NUIs need a language as part of study to get into certain degrees you know or it's a sixth subject and you have to pick seven subjects that was the seven but only six no. some people might even discount language in their in their in their calculations for their points it is all of that guys there's a huge psychology around that and that's probably a big impediment to us becoming a bilingual fully functioning not not bilingual plurilingual country which means multiple languages mm, yeah. that's a big that's a big problem because if we continue to see it as a secondary school, this is locked into a phase of time. I started in year one and I finished in year six. Well, then you're not creating a growth mindset of where uh, when I'm 40, I'll still be speaking this language. We don't have that mindset. I mean, I'd probably be, I probably didn't have that mindset, but I developed it. I can never imagine myself not speaking another language. I just can't. Do I don't have that capacity, yeah. you know? Yeah. Do you see a way that 
not even like fully change, but just steer ourselves into reaching a you know plural angle. Yeah, uh, I think it's beginning to start because, for example, last year the government and I was involved in it locally um, rolled out the um, the primary school language primary school um, language sampler module. So I think about twenty six schools in Waterford had some degree of language tuition to the senior cycle primary school students last year. Yeah. So then you're getting them, as I mentioned at that earlier mm. position, you know. Um, I think there will, the government's Languages Connect strategy, which is from 2007 to 2026, is trying to encourage that. But how do you change behavior on the ground? I mean, for example, you will know in a school, guys, that you can have all the policies and all that, but the rules are effectively the ones that go on in the corridor. Yeah. Or, or, Or a nice way of idea of culture, I've heard this before in business, is culture is what happens when the management back is turned. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. do you know what I mean? That's the culture. So like, what's the culture on the street? Well, the government can say we want people to speak more languages, but if they're not speaking them, they're not speaking them. So yeah. how do you do that? It's a great, another great, you're asking some very, very good questions this morning. <laughs> yeah. How do you do it? You have to prioritize it or value it in some way that, that it gets a new sense of importance. And what would that be? I, I don't really know. I don't think putting it on a sheet of paper and saying I can speak French, there may have to be some sort of working but you have to remember we've relied an awful lot on on english language for a very long time yeah. on, on our we're, we're flanked by america and by england yeah. Uh, yeah. and they're important commercial partners but over time it may be that you know germany france spain become china you know brazil with portuguese may become more important than those two are so i think commerce you know as they say money makes the world go around yeah Money could be a, a factor, I suppose, in, in, in commerce that makes languages more important, certainly at the moment. But like in, in reality, guys, for in, in um, I'm saying WIT because formally that was where our last teaching year was, but now we're on yeah. CDSETU. But in the, in, in the previous WIT, we would have had language classes in French that had less than 10 students in them, you know? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, that's an, a remarkable development because you could have students who are getting not one-to-one tuition, but it's not very far off it. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So like we've had students who've come in from leaving cert, you know, whatever else, and have more or less left fluent after four years. Mm, yeah. um, so there are significant advantages to it, but languages haven't really been a popular choice. I mean, if you if, if seven, yeah. seven and a half thousand of a quarter of a million are choosing language, I mean, you know, the maths yeah. do themselves there, you know. Everything is there for people. Uh, it is. Yeah. But I think, and I always go back to attitude, and mindset around languages. So if you see, I don't see myself as an English speaker. I just don't, yeah. even though I do, I see myself as someone who speaks multiple languages. But I also see myself in a mindset, and I think students went as someone who can solve a problem in another language. Mm. So a couple yeah. of years back, for example, we were in France and our little fella got not very sick. He had an ear infection, but it was unusual. Yeah. So like, I mean, in reality, I was no good as an English speaker there. You know what I mean? I yeah. was effectively, yeah. had take, I was trying to problem. So like all of that stuff, and I, 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 I didn't really give that example explicitly for into the fifth class. But our fifth year, sorry, but um, <laughs> big, difference. Big, big difference, big, big difference. I have a daughter in fifth class. That's why it's come to my head. Sorry, um, where you have to sometimes problem solve and communicate in another language. But also, there's a big factor, guys, that your generation likes will like travel. You like communication. Yeah. You like interaction. You know, yeah, travel is becoming so much easier. As yeah, time yeah. Goes by. It's but travel is different when you have another language mm. because you get a different experience. I mean, if you say if I travel through, for example, if I could take if I travel through Spain only speaking English, and I travel through Spain speaking Spanish and English. You, you get a lot better. Uh, of course, there's a different reality, yeah. So, like, I mean, that's, I think that's, but you can't understand something that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You, so how, it's very hard to sell that idea. So what, what difference would it make? Everyone speaks English. Yeah, they do. But, I mean, try the other side of it where only a certain number of people who speak English speak Spanish or another language fluently yeah. or French. So try that mindset, I think, on it, you know.
it's also going to another country and like I know from going to Spain, I can't really imagine going to Spain and just speaking English. Yeah. I feel like my engagement in like my experience in the in that country wouldn't be the same and be like completely different because I have like friends there, family, and I just couldn't imagine just having that while speaking English only. Yeah. Feel I'll feel like disconnected almost yes. from the country. Yes. I agree. There's a, there's a very interesting, I read a lot of sort of, you know, as I said already on this performance psychology, so there's a very interesting sort of social change theory which is called the, the Dunning-Kruger effect okay which means that sometimes you can't understand about something that you don't have the capacity to know yeah. you know what I mean so you might see sometimes in football people say oh, I'm as good as that professional footballer on the pitch but he's he or she has gone through various levels of obstacles training and yeah. you know formation that has put them in that position rather than you so like it, the same is true of languages that I can't understand how I wouldn't speak another language. But then how the, the, the issue is in the conversion of the people. Yeah. How do you get someone to say, well, why don't you try speaking another language? But in Ireland, sometimes the opportunities are quite limited yeah. because I mean, for example, I was in Dublin the other week with my daughter and I needed to speak Italian. It's funny. Sometimes I just needed to speak. Yeah. I hadn't spoken Italian. Once. So I went into a I had a pre-planned visit to Dublin. I went to an Italian coffee shop. I knew they all spoke Italian. I sat there for half an hour speaking Italian. Because I just actually needed to. Yeah. So you, if you don't have the opportunity, you have to sort, uh, find out. But also what I'm trying to do there implicitly is role model for, yeah, yeah. for my daughter as well. Because she said, oh, my dad goes to another, speaks different languages. Yeah. Of course, that's where yeah. you need the role. Because I mentioned the role model this morning. You need yeah. language role. And you speaking Spanish. And maybe there's another language also, you know, that, that you may speak later on or speak now. That'll be role modeling for a peer or for a friend or something, yeah. you know, I mean, that's that's where it is, I think. You know? And most people don't know, like the cafe that you mentioned, they just mm -hmm. don't know things like that exist. No, exactly. I mean, there's opportunities to speak. Uh, I know in Waterford, there's opportunities to speak French and Italian because I've taken them myself because I know where the speakers are. But you have to seek them out. They yeah. won't come to your own. Sometimes like with languages, that's almost part of the problem is that as if you can't see it you can't be it. do you know what i mean if yeah. you can't see bilingualism well how, how do i become that i mean it's yeah. a big big decision making process for i want to speak another language at 16 years of age like no one hands you like a list of instructions yeah <laughs> do, do you yeah, know yeah, yeah. you're not handed like a, a sheet of like this is a guidebook it's actually quite raw you have to just make loads of mistakes look for people like-minded people maybe who speak the language or are interested in it and just literally throw yourself into it. There's yeah. no process. The oh, process is very important, obviously, in our language. But there's no exact way. So, for example, um, in, in secondary school, I went to an all-boys secondary school in Kildare. And no one liked languages in it. Like, I mean, absolutely no one. So I was sort of outlined. But I never really openly promoted that I, that I liked languages because... It wasn't cool. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? It yeah. just wasn't cool. So when I came to, um, went to third level, I was able to take on a totally different identity. But what happened was multiple identities formed out of that. So I was an English speaker who liked speaking other languages. Yeah. Then I became a French speaker. Then I became an Italian speaker. So I had different identities all developing, sprouting yeah. off me all the time. Mm. And I think I like that actually because it's part of reinvention. So sometimes when I get bored of just having speaking, oh, I want to speak Italian today. It's a bit like a toy. I just, yeah. I'll just pick this up and play with it for a little while. But it's also important for neurological, my own neurological, because I like, you know, I have to have, it's a bit like an untapped resource, guys. If you, you know, you might be good at maths or science yeah. and you might pick up some, start trying to build something or something, you know, that's that's what we are, you know. There's, it just kind of changes your mindset. It does. Yeah. And it's communicative. I like communicating with people. You know, I think it's important 
to communicate with people. Uh, You're here for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah exa- exactly. Well, exactly. I think communication is such an undervalued skill, you know, in that like everyone, phones are very important, but I see phones as dry communication, if you know what I mean. It's yeah. like all text-based. Yeah. You don't get any, I know there's emojis, I get that. And you don't get any level of body language in that. You know what I mean? Where you see how am I connecting with this person, you know, yeah. and all of that. You don't get any of that. You don't get any gesticulation around or anything. So I love just sitting there and talking. And I think that's probably the reason I probably started studying languages. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say there's much other, apart mm-hmm. from obviously having a clear role model in my family as well. But I think we may have touched on this, but how do you find the education system on languages in like for like second uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we are in a state where it hasn't changed much, I think, for... A long time I mean uh, there has been some changes like so for example the oral might be worth more and the written and that but yeah. in effect I don't see a whole lot of difference I mean I finished leaving my secondary level education in 1996 uh, what are we now 26 years later are we yeah 26 yeah. I don't see any radical change, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do see a, a generation in need that mm. are probably going to be way more open to actually the idea of multicultural diversity, plurilingualism, travel, connection, and sort of intercultural respect. Mm. Yeah. I think that will come out a lot more um, for ye guys. So I reckon the best agents of change will be ye, as opposed to any structural... Uh, uh, I mean, there have been changes. New languages have been brought in. So you'll see, oh, of course, that was some, some changes have happened. It'd be wrong to say they haven't. But are we producing any more speakers from the education system second in the set than we were 20 years ago? I don't know the exact figure, but I wouldn't think it's much different. Yeah. I don't see the effect. Like, for example, that's more or less the length of time I've been in third level. And I don't see yeah. a hugely different change, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I just went through junior cycle French and... The only difference apparently has been that they've made it easier. Right, yeah. Uh, they've cut out some of the stuff from yeah. the old junior cert. Yeah. But the leaving cert's the same. Yeah. So there's a, I know they're changing it into the new leaving cycle, yeah, but yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a gap there's of a, knowledge yeah. yes. uh, that you don't have. Yeah. yeah, there is. And also, I mean, really in effect, guys, I mean, your real- the reality of, of studying a language at second level it's a performance-based one. You know, I need to get this in my oral, I need to get that in my written. Yeah. I mean, so you speak to your teachers, obviously, which is really important sometimes in class, obviously, when you're studying the language because it develops your skills on an ongoing basis. But uh, if you don't get a chance to speak to external people, like, you know, like the examiner, for example, mm-hmm. or and a lot of the fear sometimes in oral exams, if I may talk about that, comes on, oh, I've never spoken to anyone else but my teacher in another language. So then a, a strange person comes in and, how do I say, you know, you get a lot of that, like, you yeah. know, whereas that's quite a norm for us at third level. So we bring our external examiners in to meet our students at least once a year. Sometimes, like when you know. you're talking to your teachers, you know, essentially exactly what they're going to say like it's all yeah you know, yeah well I, it's kind of like pre-planned in a way a little bit well or you get you yeah exactly or you get used to what the person's going to do so when you're throwing a variable in sixth year or junior cert whatever that oh i have to speak to another person your reality is very very different all of a sudden say, well i didn't speak i've never spoken to anyone else but my teacher yeah so like there is a bit of a shock to the system in that but again that's there's not much you can do i often say sometimes to um my my own students would be you know, you're in an age of we have some fantastic equipment here in front of us, but you can also record yourself on the phone, listen to yourself back. You can become your own conversation yeah. because then you can analyze yourself or often hand it to you. I've often said to students over the years, you know, if you want to make an audio file of yourself, send it to me and listen, I'll do the analysis for where you could improve. 
a lot of that is available. I think we have so many resources we're using none of them now. Yeah. You know, like like phones are a phenomenal resource. So like for example, you know, Wordle. There's a there's an example yeah. of that in yeah. French. We love I love Wordle. Yeah, and then you have so for example Duolingo. Yeah. Then you you know you can put it in a text in a different language. Yeah. There's loads of opportunities, but there's probably too many opportunities yeah. because the reality is it's just getting down and doing it every day. I mean, yeah. so. When I was um, doing my PhD, for example, PhDs are big undertakings, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like I used to go up and do three hours in the morning before I went to work and, and three hours in the evening. So effectively, I was working 17, 20 hours a day, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you just have to get into the grind. And the hard, that's yeah. the hard thing. You yeah. just have yeah. to. But it, it, I mean, especially for you, it was rewarding. Oh, yeah. 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 But the reward wasn't the qualification. The reward was the opportunity. So I ended up working with the EU for a while, obviously, on a research project. I mean, I was traveling vastly every month. I've been able to publish loads of stuff. Yeah, it's been brilliant. But it's, well, I don't think any of that is really ultimately important. I think it's all the people I've met, really, and the students I've helped. It sounds cliche, but I couldn't tell you what, what, what article or what day. We, not really. It's the people who you come back to. It's, I think it's how you made people feel and how you helped them. Mm. That's where I see teaching. I really think that's really, really important. And I think people get a little bit, oh, teachers aren't important. Teachers are very important. They, they, they're effectively yeah. a, a pillar of, of a young person's life. For Yeah, a lot of them lead the way. They help shape what you're going to do. Sure. Yeah. yeah, they do. And like, I mean, I know even in the pandemic, you know, like when the teaching was online, I think a lot of people thought, oh, I want to go back to school, obviously, you know, because yeah. there was a sense of connection with humans, you know, you needed. Yeah. If I was doing this podcast yeah. with G online and I'd do one on, on, online later in the week with, with another uh, group, but it'd be very different, yeah. you know, because yeah. you don't get the feel at all. Like, I mean, exactly. I, if I was saying to you, like, you could probably tell from me, oh, he's interested and I'm just, oh, I don't know, by this tone of voice, I'm sure is he interested, you know, it's yeah. really important. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really important, you know. But like here we see you moving around. And sure, exactly. And you get I'm all like, of that. Yeah. This yeah, guy's yeah. really interested in Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Of course, you get all of that. He's really passionate about Yeah, yeah. And about. I think that's a word for me for languages. Like, I mean, you never, you never ever in, in any in any educational space force anyone to do anything, really. Because, yeah. I mean, ultimately that'll backfire. But you just encourage and uh, look for, I suppose, um, there, there, there's, there's golden seed moments. So if I can yeah. talk about mine, for example, if I, I remember, for example, the week I got my junior search results, maybe 1994, September 94. So we had a task in class, you know, and I, I'd done average in junior. So I got a C, I got a C, but even certain French as well. It wasn't, it wasn't a stellar performer by any stretch. Um, and the French teacher at the time, who I got on quite well with, actually, he asked yeah. us, but it was the junior cert results. He asked us on the Wednesday and we're getting our junior cert results on the Thursday. So he said, can anyone, if anyone comes in tomorrow, or if you're coming in tomorrow, I wasn't sure, I don't think, you know, could have been picking them up on offside or something. But he said, I'm um, looking for someone to know. So I think he said at the time, the 13 verbs of motion in French, you know, descendre, all those. So I was the yeah. only one in the class that knew it actually. I don't know what possessed me to study them. Probably mm-hmm. in dread of the junior cert results. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably distracted by whatever or something. So I came in, he said to me, he said, brilliant. And he gave me a bookmark. And I, the reason that that bookmark, I, I, I couldn't even remember what's on it. I don't even know what, what, what it was about. But that bookmark was the singular reason to drive me on studying languages. Yeah. I know it's funny, but you always get somewhere in your life where you'll get a golden seed moment. Yeah. Yeah. And another, another one happened was in the same year, probably two weeks prior, I'd asked to do French and Italian for, for two, my two leaving search subjects. But we couldn't do two languages together because the school had one Italian teacher, two French teachers. So you couldn't be splitting two, three people over two places. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So and that stopped me doing time. So I said when I when I finished my degree in French and Italian, I said I want to do a PhD in Italian. And the reason it goes back to that moment, actually, you know, it's yeah. it, 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 there's always those moments where you drive on, yeah, uh, and you think what made me. So I can clearly see why I ended up. I can't exactly why say why I ended up lecturing. I I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I was probably one of the least likely candidates. <laughs> yeah. I really yeah. was, you know. I mean, I probably scored 
I don't know, approximately 320, 340 points. I was so distracted by sport, you know, I was probably looking to get mm, that even. Yeah. You know. um, but I was always sort of academic, you know, I was very, very good in primary school, but I think a lot, I, secondary school didn't suit me, guys, you know. I'd, yeah. But I, now I, I can see that and I use that experience to come in on days like this and say, you know what, if you're, if you're in fifth year and you don't know what you're doing, that's good. I didn't either. Yeah. I didn't even know, I, I, I couldn't tell you what CEO stood for in <laughs> fifth year. Now, no. But that's okay, you know, I, I look at it and I think, I was naive and that naivety was fine because mm. that's it. That's okay, you know? Yeah, it yeah. really is just do what you enjoy. Yeah, and, and there's a lovely definition. I read a lot of high performance, right? High performance um, literature. And it's like, do the best you can with what you can in the moment you're at. That there's, there's nothing else required. Yeah. You know, if today, if we'd come in and the computers didn't work, fine. We have a mouth. We can speak. We have yeah. experience. Yeah. 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 People, if there's some, if the half the class don't turn up, that's fine. It's just half the class somewhere yeah. there. So yeah. you just always try to do the best you can with what you have. And, 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 and there's, there's, there's college, I think college look at, people look at college as big sort of monster. Oh, it'll be, you have to do all this. You don't. The reality is 90% of being successful is turning up, guys. You know, so yeah. turning up is, and, and doing the best is. Is as good as it can be, you know. Yeah. That's all. It's really the best you can do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and some days you won't be able to turn up, and that's that, that. Then you'll be doing your best because there'll be a reason that you won't for some other reason, and that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. fine. Um, I think that's a really, really, really big thing. It's something I've become more accustomed to when I've been speaking to people like you over the years. Is that there's so many like you're in TY, yeah. you know. But in fifth year, we were sent to the fifth years this morning, you know. Like use this summer to think about your CAO because it's the clearest headspace you will get. Mm. Yeah, I mean, when you come back in September as a sixth year, you're like, oh, you've got your mocks in January. You have to have your CEO in October. Oh, you have to. We have a project in next week, and there might be continuous assessment yeah, or yeah, why, yeah. Why, I don't know why, whatever. There's just too much on, so you need a bit of headspace, you yeah. know, sometimes, yeah. which is probably hard to get in second level, you know. Yeah, yeah. You finally have, you know, you have the free ones. Yeah, it's the it's the most time you're gonna get. Until you're finished. Well, well, yeah. I think the key thing I see in third level, like, I mean, because we have to do a lot of research and all that for our own subjects here, is just to stay ahead of the game, really, you know, in yeah. terms of what, when you're coming into us, are they up to date? And we, we have to be at that, really. But the summer is the most uninterrupted space anyone yeah. would ever get. So it's not any coincidence that most of my research is gathered it, during the summer yeah. because it's uninterrupted. Like, if you yeah. look at the distraction, guys, like, I mean, there's probably an available distraction every 10 seconds. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So... Even if you, and that's, that's probably, even if your phone wasn't on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can, I, I think, is it, is it, we're interrupted potentially up to 60, 60 times every minute, potentially by that could be a sound that size, could be, you know, something. Yeah. So like you can imagine that, imagine a normal day for a secondary school student with all the st- stimuli that's around, you think, how could I even go home and think about the CAO form, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's very hard, you know? Um, my mother is a language, well, She's, she's not a language teacher for uh, in Ireland, but she yeah. used to be a um, language teacher in the United States. She When she got here and she saw how people teach languages here in Ireland, she didn't like the way that a lot of the course is based on translating mm. and translating um, the language into English mm. or English into that language. Yeah. She felt like that's um, not exactly the correct way to yeah. um, teach the language. Would you agree? Um, you see, primarily language is a spoken concept. So yeah. I always go back and give these examples to any lecturers. Maybe I'm giving international and things like that, and I, and I get to talk about the Irish context, which sometimes is rare now. But so if you can imagine, I, I look at my kids now. They're, as I mentioned already, they're eleven and nine. But when they were two and three, I would never have gone with a written word to them. Do you know what I mean? I would never. You have to actually. Yeah. 
because the idea of understanding and connection which is is, is actually looking and speaking yeah. so like kids really don't learn to write until they're five six you know in in a school-based way yeah. so then if you're looking at it uh, for example they're talking from the age of two so i do think that in any language learning i would say ireland's exclusive i think there's a certain mentality across uh, maybe in many countries is that we see writing as the most important expression of language but in reality yeah. guys we've been speaking what for about 41 we haven't written a word yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And we've had no problems in terms of understanding. So there is a sense of that, you know, you have to learn how to write. But I don't know what proportionality of writing is less than 10% we write as opposed to what we speak every day. I mean, if you can imagine, oh, do, you, do you text yeah. more than you call? Uh, I'm about 50-50. Right. Yeah. It depends. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting sign. But you can imagine most people say, well, no, I'll just write. So there is yeah. probably a lead in life we'd say, oh, no, I'll write more. But also you have to think of the framework that the state system is designed mainly around a written exam. And yeah. then also around, so that we probably prepare for that. Mm. But it, yeah. does that reflect things going on the outside? No. So, for example, in the afternoons, my kids come home from school we do like three or four minutes speaking irish every day without any um without any writing because i just don't they, they just have to talk yeah yeah so I, I don't bring the writing into it but there is a time and a place for it because for example as you're more formally educated you're going to require more writing so for yeah, example you can't yeah. do a degree without doing a written exam and you know if you became a translator for example which is maybe less common now than it was 20 years ago yeah. you would find that uh, you'd have to do more writing than speaking if you're an interpreter you'd do more speaking than writing vice versa you know yeah it's again a question that's come up in state education time and time again should there be more value on the oral language and less value on the written language I think predominantly I like both but I think the reason people can't get to grips with language is that it goes against our innate nature that we should speak more than we write and so therefore yeah. someone at Leaving Cert will write more than they speak, I guess. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm not in the space, but I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. No, definitely. So that may be a bit of a crux to the problem. I don't it's a very good question. You're asking very good questions this morning, guys. Yeah. You should say, yeah, if I was interview if you were interviewing me under in your own show now, I'd be a <laughs> lot, lot of pressure. But uh, yeah, no, there's some some really f insightful questions actually. Yeah. And I think the answers to them I wouldn't necessarily have, but the answers will evolve, I think, to those questions yeah. over, over the next five or ten years, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very thank much. Thank you much very much. You're very welcome. Uh, I know it was very short notice for you. No, it's fine. No problem. No, no, no very problem. Short Thanks for the great questions. You've really made me think. So, you know, and any time, I think one thing, I just said it to fifth years, and if I could close off on this, is that like sometimes when you're in second level, you might find that a university campus, which we now have, obviously, in the southeast, yeah. uh, you know, uh, that's very far away. You can come out, you know, you can being in integrated through open days or through yep. try events and you know it's there for to ask questions and that's what it really is it's a public resource so you know if anyone's listening don't be shy if you have a query about a course email in maybe find a course leader or, or or just come to an open day and ask and sometimes it helps you make those difficult decisions a little bit easier you know maybe. yeah great well, well that was a really good podcast <laughs> it was so interesting we were aiming for 10 minutes we are now uh, almost 45, 45 yeah. minutes so that's, uh, uh, you know, not complaining. Not no, great. I love it. Was it was really yeah, interesting. No. Very good. Thanks, Thanks for hosting for me. Yeah. You're very welcome. Thanks for hosting me, guys. Thank you yeah. all for listening. Well, this is the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening and bye. Just a sec. Because uh, that yeah, will sure, yeah. be yeah. no worries, yeah. is what it is.
Usually he's not like this. So. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, okay, yeah. guys. That's all right. You chose. Hey, it's a, it's a school. There's always going to be someone walking around. Is that yeah. sure? Of course. Yeah, yeah. 